0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a early Clio Talk. We are going to talk about optimism.
1: Yeah, this is a, a discourse episode.
0: Yes. Uh, if you follow anything with Urbanist Twitter or Urbanist Blue Sky, um, this is weird if you aren't into that kind of stuff and you just kind of listen for us talking about sports, but...
1: Consider this your primer, basically. Yeah. we are going to
0: basically talk about uh, Twitter and Blue Sky beef against a famous YouTuber, and not just bikes. Who had a today is seven thirty one of twenty twenty three, and he had a uh, absolute brain dead tweet or Blue Sky post. What what is it called? Blue Sky. Uh, uh
1: I don't know. Skeet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I, I think broadly we're not just going to have this be like entirely Twitter discourse because I think I've got some things I kind of want to talk about, but we are going to give you context for yeah. why we're making this episode specifically today and why we're releasing it early.
0: Also, the context of the conversations we've been having in the past few days because I personally have been going down uh, the main topic for a thing which is uh, Doomerism for a little bit now and I've been yeah. telling RC about it for a few days and yeah. I think he's just fed up with that and it's, the final straw has hit RC's Yeah,
1: it's bear. broadly just a Trend I've been seeing, and this is kind of the last straw that is like, okay, this is now a podcast worthy episode. I now have things to talk about, you know, because it's just a general trend of people being kind of, you know, doom and doomer. If you don't know, if you're not into the internet lingo, is basically just like doom and gloom, right? I'm just like, your mindset is like, wow, nothing ever gets bad, better, it, you know, nothing can improve.
0: A negative outlook on life in which nothing can improve.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just generally bleak. But okay, so so not just bikes. In response, they released a video. Basically, they're a video YouTuber. They make some decent content. You know, they they, they make videos about like urbanism, transit improvements, whatever.
0: And if you want to look at. Uh a major part of his Strode's episode does consist of the Kansas City area, whether yes. it is a the suburb of Kansas City called Overland Park, as well as uh, Grand Boulevard and the Crossroads. Kansas City is a focus on that, and as a Kansas City-centric podcast, we're trying to improve upon uh, the built environment we have in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, he we're featured there. I mean, we'll admit that we're wrong and uh, that our city has some issues. And uh, he released a video today entitled Designing Urban Places That Don't Suck.
1: Because generally, not just bikes, his whole focus is kind of... Highlighting places that are designed poorly in, like, usually the United States, because I believe that's where they're originally from. They are from Canada, kind of... actually. They are, oh, from, are they from Canada. They are
0: from outside of Toronto.
1: Oh. and then contrasting it with a place in usually the Netherlands, mm-hmm. where things are designed better, because they moved to the Netherlands because they believe that it basically embodies all the values they want to live in, and they were tired of living in the U.S. and Canada. North America in general, so they just were, like, they're a big advocate for the Netherlands, basically, Mm -hmm. because the Netherlands is famously, like, bike-centric and kind of very walkable terrain design.
0: And for context, the Netherlands were able to do that because in the 1970s, uh, the Dutch people were having a mini revolt against the uh, car-centric design of their cities and basically advocated for creating a uh, better public infrastructure and a city built for the human environment and were able to eventually achieve that earlier than the rest of the world because they stopped their uh, massive highway expansion while the United States continued to do it uh, constantly up until basically today.
1: More context, uh, which will be relevant later. The Netherlands is roughly the same size as New Jersey. It's also
0: getting consumed by the sea.
1: Yes. So it is not a particularly large country so in the context of highway expansion it is as if new jersey stopped Uh, basically the federal highway infrastructure act is a lot larger than the netherlands's infrastructure any uh, infrastructure that also
0: the united states is the third most populous country in the world yes and the, the, the netherlands have I, I don't exactly know their population. I'm going to send. It's 16 million.
1: 16 million. Yes, I may have been looking this up. Right All right, there. so the population of New Jersey is 10 million. So they're a comparable size. New Jersey does have a higher population density than the Netherlands at 1,200 per square mile versus the Netherlands is 1,100 per square mile. So mm-hmm. despite having a smaller population, it is a higher density and about the same size. So if you want to talk about you know. Uh, housing density, New Jersey actually has the Netherlands beat, and I would argue New Jersey probably has a better public transit, you know, infrastructure than uh, the Netherlands. Um, Path superiority, yeah, and New Jersey Transit, and they have better uh, access to larger um, cities because and, the city of New York has more population than the Netherlands, uh,
0: and they also have uh, Philadelphia, which uh, yes. basically New Jersey is a half suburb state of half New York suburbs, half Philadelphia suburbs, and the Jersey Shore. Yes. shout out to the uh, hit MTV TV show.
1: Okay, but getting back on topic, um basically they they just a person tweeted basically just kind of pushing back on Broadway. Blue Sky, they Blue Sky. Yeah, Blue Sky. They skidded back on uh basically not just Spice was talking about how they were you know wanting to go on a rant but they kind of dialed it back but this person was like well it's important to consider that a lot of this is deliberate decision that doesn't undermine advocacy efforts and changing the status quo our cities have the bare bones of human scaled walkable communities I see a lot of people giving up on North America when that's a doomer mindset to which not just bikes replied people should give up on North America though you should not have to spend your life groveling for basic things like safe streets your advocacy and energy would be, go much better further in a better city too that's not doomerism that's just for re- reality and they go on to say other things uh in which they also like point out that like their channel has never been about trying to fix the u.s and you should just move like to other cities that do things better uh to which i would say a lot of their videos having watched a couple of them do seem like they're focused on trying to fix the u.s like i don't think or or pointing out
0: mainly american examples of things that have been done wrong
1: and like contrasting with examples of how to do it properly, and I, I don't think yeah, I've yeah. ever gotten the gist that their channel's focus is moving. But that that's, again, that's it, broadly... It,
0: it, it, if you were not going to focus on North America, why would you ever talk about North America and just yeah. not talk about the Netherlands constantly? Even though you kind of do, but you always use it in the context of a North American mindset.
1: Yeah, that that's broadly, though, I think you know, neither here nor there, because I think we're trying to rail this into not just being entirely blue score Twitter discourse. Oh,
0: but, but 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 also, are we all supposed to... With a, our th- 300 million Americans supposed to move to
1: Amsterdam? I think yes. That oh, the oh, oh, answer. The, also, and the other problem I have with this is just the whole fact that not everyone can move across the ocean. Not everyone wants to learn a brand new language. A lot of people in general like the place they grew up. They're familiar with it. They, you know, that's their hometown. They know a lot of people there. Their family lives there. They don't want to have to move to the fucking Netherlands to live. Like, and that, that's where I'd like
0: to be able to think about riding my bike to work and having a discussion that we had a a few episodes back, I think a couple months ago at this point about e-bikes. Yes. And, uh, in reality, an e-bike investment would get me killed where I currently live, trying to commute every single day Mm -hmm. with it. That's bad. That's dangerous. I don't want that to happen. And I wish I could, but that's a fixable Issue,
1: yes, I think that it's basically the take is just that it's unfixable, or at least it takes too long. So, just do what I did and move to a place where it's already fixed, but that is also disregarding. Advocacy and work that people in the Netherlands had to do to change it as well. And I don't see why it's possible for them to do it there and for you to hold them up as if, not you, but like strong, uh, not just bikes, to hold them up as an example. Well, then saying literally anywhere else it's impossible, right? like also It's not ne- possible for anybody else to do what this example I use of people doing it did. Also,
0: the Netherlands is a 50 year head start. Mm-hmm. This is it does take incremental change though it's like it took incremental change to do it in yeah. the netherlands
1: yes but now moving off of the doomer outlook onto the positive outlook it's not productive to be this doomer nothing gets better or whatever it's it just it doesn't help right cuz not just bikes doesn't isn't doesn't live here right their example is mostly just looking at google maps of cities and stuff But it's like things do get better all the time. And when your entire channel is just you highlighting the worst possible examples of society, of transit infrastructure, of like housing infrastructure, it makes a lot of sense why their outlook would have soured over the years into just being a nothing ever gets better, nothing improves. Because I'm not sure how often, I don't watch them that often, how often they actually highlight good examples. Which, I mean, like, you know, our podcast is based out of Kansas City. 10 years ago there was no streetcar there was you know we are a car centric city we're perhaps one of the car centric cities in the United States some of the highest highway miles per population but now we have a streetcar
0: naturally they taken over that title but not we did have sure. that but and that points out to the tweet or blue sky ski that that's on the uh screen right now where uh uh, not Just Bikes is pointing out that America today is doesn't like the Netherlands in the 1970s. It's nowhere close. That was fixable within, the, within a generation. The U.S. isn't. I can remember the opening of the streetcar because that wasn't very long ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, the streetcar opened after, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, after the Royals won the World Series. Yes, 2016. It opened in 2016. Yes. I, I have been a legal adult I mean, I mean, you can use that to calculate how old I am yeah. the entire time the streetcar has existed the streetcar didn't exist for my entire childhood from 0 to 17 years old so it's like it is fixable within a generation because now before I turn 30 I am going to see a, a system that spans miles in Kansas City that is rail based that goes between some of the most largest attractions in the Kansas City area and a push for a more expansion of that. Yes, it is possible, I believe, to do within a generation. It will require way more advocacy and way more push to uh, stop doing it piecemeal one at a time and actually build an entire system right off the bat. Yeah, but as people who, because RC has probably talked to us before looking into it, we have looked at, These plans that have been released for the Kansas City area that have been going on for longer than we've been alive, and none of them has actually come to fruition. None of them have actually existed because there hasn't been a push to actually do it. I have—I'm not sure it's because I live in a bubble or whatever or what goes on, but— Every conversation I have with a person around my age, within our generation, it, it's a generational understanding, at least from people I talk to, that there is an interest in cycling. There's an interest in e-bikes. There's an interest in transit. And there's an interest in living in a city. Mm-hmm. And that is a generational change that I feel like the, the generation that we are a part of, and I think most of our listeners are as well because you we do have access to the demographics of this podcast. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, we know who you are. Um, that was creepy. I'm sorry. Okay,
1: yeah. If you Uh, apologize, it makes it worse. It does make it worse. You just got to blow past it.
0: We, I, the understanding seems to be that a mistake has been made by previous generations, and I feel like it's doable because once again, the streetcar has existed only for my adult life, and I never thought that I would see an expansion of it. Let alone that this thing would even happen in Kansas City, because growing up in Kansas City, you know, my family did come to Kansas City. They are we aren't like entirely Kansas City natives, but the conversations about what it was in like the late '90s, where Union Station was basically a ruin, Kansas Mm -hmm. City was basically at the end of its like death cycle, where it was almost completely abandoned. And it is a stark turnaround from what we've accomplished today because they're driving down to Kansas City, driving around Kansas City, which I I wish I didn't have to drive, but you will not go a day without seeing a crane now. That is developmental progress along with the streetcar route and the union station has been completely repaired. And that was done through a by state tax that both Kansas and Missouri, which historically have never gotten along, were able to agree upon and provide a massive restoration project to bring union station back to life. Mm-hmm. That was in 2004.
1: Yes. 2004. And it's like, new projects getting approved every single day even so the uptown theater we were just over there the other day that entire block i was there for a concert a couple years ago and i yeah i didn't even realize the area i was in until i saw the theater in kansas city and it's now the parking garage across the street that used to just be a strip mall and a parking garage is now apartments and stores like you know mixed use zoning almost it's like that's that happened in two years. That that's I'm, densification.
0: I'm not sure if we were recording or this is after the recording of our previous episode. Uh, go back and listen to it. It is a episode about the 1970s and mm-hmm. uh, the mob. A, it's a mob story about oh, 1970s yeah. Kansas City. It's pretty good episode. We're talking about an area in that episode that, in context of the story, was almost completely abandoned, and one guy was using cheap rent to build a new district. Now going down there, I was down there. I was doing shopping on Sunday. It is almost impossible to walk around the River Market, which is a massive functioning, basically large farmers market. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to work your way through that crowd because the stalls are packed to the gills. Yeah, it's and
1: popular. It's foot traffic based and it's fed by the streetcar. Yeah, which. And, 10 years ago would have been completely unthinkable.
0: And I'm not sure if that was on the recording or not, but we were looking at Google Street View of that area, I think it was after the recording, actually, in which we were looking at one building that I was interested in, and we were looking through the years, going back through every time they sent a Google Street car car around there. Yeah, and and, if you
1: don't know, you can go back in time. So you can, like, look at Kansas City five years ago and compare it to today. Yeah, and
0: we... Uh, I think went back to like 2011 mm-hmm. and we turned down the street and we both said, oh my God, holy shit. Yeah. And what was in from our modern understanding, like from 2023 is an apartment complex.
1: Like a gigantic tall apartment complex.
0: 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, there was basically a stop, then nothing.
1: Yeah. It was a field a dead-end road and a fence that had a big art sign on it. That was it. And now it's dense, large apartment complexes right next to a walkable market two blocks away from a streetcar. And... Also, with the building of the Buck
0: O'Neill bridging, I'm, I can't believe I'm shifting this to a Kansas City focus. No, I
1: lesson. okay. Now I we're talking about Kansas City a lot here because we live here, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the focus of this podcast broadly. But I think the the big example for this is if we if Kansas City can do this kind of improvement in this time frame, there's hope for every single city in the United States because Kansas City is not only ground zero of highways, like the first interstate highway project, I seventy, kind of started in the Kansas City area. All that stuff, you know, ground zero for highway construction. We got gigantic highways bisecting downtown. We're gonna cap uh what is it four seventy?
0: Yeah, we're putting we're, a cap
1: over four seventy. We're gonna turn to a loop. park. The yeah. North Loop, there's been some talks to actually demolish that. If Kansas City can do these things, if Kansas City of all cities, then any city can do it. Yeah.
0: And it Cleveland uh, no, it's Cincinnati actually. It, yes. is, it has a almost identical streetcar yes. like actual platform. Cincinnati
1: streetcar, Seattle's streetcar. I mean, freaking Houston. Yeah. has their own light rail network. Dallas has their own uh, light rail uh, network. That's uh, Texas. Omaha. Uh,
0: people who don't understand uh, can't wrap their head around Omaha.
1: Omaha, would, Nebraska.
0: It's about to build their own streetcar system. Yeah. So th- this Omaha, is,
1: Nebraska, is the textbook case of how to build. Uh, you know, what what is it? BRT the,
0: the, the but bus the, rapid transit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bus rapid transit. They're the model for how to run that successfully. Freaking Omaha, Nebraska, you know, another car centric, no public transit city yeah, is done doing the model on how to successfully run one of those buses. And there's
0: a massive, massive undertaking to tackle this in the United States. And I understand how not just bikes and other people as well, because I was facing an almost similar thought where, you feel like there is no possibility for change there is things aren't going to happen overnight and with the other socioeconomic issues within the united states as well it's it's soul crushing and pulling yourself to doomerism and trying to escape through one way or another is a valid point but i'm going to call out not just bikes you're a coward
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you ran away yeah You ran away. You're not part of the solution. Like, it's really easy to sit up in an ivory tower of the Netherlands and critique and complain about other people. But then you're also doing a large disservice to the people actually trying to change things. Like, how do you how do you think it's supposed to help anything at all to just do a critique of people should give up on North America? Like, okay. you've just, good, you've just helped the people who are trying, like, opposing these projects. Yeah, of course, we just give up. Just give up. Yeah. There's no change. You can't do anything. How does that help? Instead, you should say, yeah, you can change. Vote. You know, I hate doing the whole, like, vote, but it's like, a lot of regional elections are decided by a small number of votes so if you get out and get local in your community i'm not saying you can affect like the president or the senate but like your local city council if you can yeah. elect people that want to like change zoning yeah. laws that's a direct change you can help do
0: and the uh squeaky wheel gets the grease mm-hmm. if you're annoying And I know a lot of people really like, don't be annoying. If you're annoying, eventually they're going to have to deal with you one way or another. And usually the easiest solution is eventually giving you what you want. And if you and your local urbanist friends are out there and you're out there in force trying to fight against the people because the people who are also pretty annoying are the NIMBYs who are going to oppose this, who want to drive their cars. If you can outgun them, which you can... Because there's strength in numbers, and you aren't the only person thinking about this.
1: I mean, it, it's almost as simple as, in a lot of cases, just actually go to city hall meetings. Because a lot of the times, like we had an example here in Kansas City where we built a bike lane, and one guy complained and got the bike lane torn up. He prob- I, I, he went to city hall meetings. He was complaining every single week, and eventually the city hall members, who are human beings, got tired. And were like, if it shuts this guy up, we'll tear it down, whatever. Now, imagine if there was two urbanist guys there supporting it, you know, being like super vocal. No, we need to keep this thing. No, I if you tear this down, blah, blah, blah I use it every single day. That would have changed things. That would have helped prevent that, right? You just if you get out and get active, a lot of times City Hall Council meetings are only really populated by older people who complain about about car uh, they complain about apartment complexes being constructed, complain about bike lanes, complain about trans. Ooh, how am I gonna pay for that? Blah 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 but if you go be equally annoying in the opposite direction, then all of a sudden their weight does not carry as far. All of a sudden there's opposition. There's people voicing an alternative position, and that can help to influence things for the better.
0: And it's cheap. Pain is cheap. Uh, put, putting down a law saying you can't drive down the street is pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. It, these things that are small achievements of increasing the human environment – There are affordable options for cities because building a massive $300 million streetcar system is cost prohibitive, especially, you know, Kansas City, although in some budgetary, you know, not the most wealthy city in the country Mm -hmm. and actually far from it is still able to somehow make it work. And that is where also driving your representatives to on the national level to Maybe bring back the old uh, 90% of highway funding can also go to build transit systems type
1: uh, of deal. Yes, the Federal-Aid Highway Act of 1972, in which... So normally the split is 90-10 for highways, but instead in that act that was enforced for 10 years, uh, you could use highway trust funds to fund public transit systems instead of highways. So if cities wanted to put in a KC streetcar, they would get a 90-10 split all drawn from the highway fund, the gas taxes help fund, and then you could you know basically only pay 10% of the cost. So you'd pay 30 $30 million for the KC streetcar. Ah, huh. yeah.
0: And it's almost like if that was brought back, with you you can pass your representative to, to bring that back. They do every, a Federal
1: Aid Highway Act almost every 10 years. Or so. a,
0: a, every city in the United States, with enough push and the backing of that, could not build one piecemeal part of their system at a time, but l- explode their transit systems.
1: Yeah. Do like the DC Metro or Atlanta.
0: Yeah. It's like... Which are both... 1970s examples of this being done mm-hmm. because the thoughts that just not just bikes are talking about are thoughts that Americans have been having for a while. Yes. This is just the generation to do it. And if you're listening to this now and you live, you know, coast to coast, wherever there are other people like you, you yeah. had, you just have to find them and uh, staying, just staying with those thoughts in your head doesn't really help because these are thoughts that if you vocalize it, a lot of other people around you are going to be having probably similar thoughts.
1: Yeah. And I just say, I, and this is really easy for me to say, right? It's harder to do, but I just say, if you want to, if you're, if you're kind of getting down, if you have that doomer mentality, just earn it, right? Like at least earn it by doing something. Like it's, it's a lot easier to say nothing can ever get better when you're actually doing and trying. Like if you, try and fail then you like earn the right to be kind of sad for a little bit but if you're just sitting on your couch listening to our podcast and not actually trying to get involved in your community and trying to you know influence people's votes i would say you haven't really earned the right to be as pessimistic as people like not just bikes are who is not actually having you know going out and trying to affect people trying to do polls trying to annoy their city council members I don't think he's earned the right to be as pessimistic as he is because he doesn't live here. I mean, I mean, I hate to do the whole like america Century. He doesn't live here. He, he doesn't actually live day to day with any of the problems people experience. He lives by, oh, look at this map. Wow, I'm sad. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, you're not trying to actually live in this stuff. You're not actually trying to change things. You haven't earned the right to be this bad of a doomer. But North America, is, you know, is completely, we should just give up. It's like, I don't think he's earned the right to say that because he makes YouTube videos and I mean, doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, I would say before he had this take, it's like he was doing a lot to, you know, y- highlight issues. That's that's a good thing. That's change. That's, that's productive. But just this kind of take kind of undermines the entire message where it's like, what is the point of your videos? So genuinely, like not just bikes. Yeah. You're never going to listen to this episode. What are the point of your videos of here? We're highlighting this. Well, if nothing can ever get better, why even bother highlighting it? Like, what's the point? Just, just make... stop highlighting it. Just talk about the Netherlands. Don't talk about the U.S. Just talk about how great the Netherlands is. Why even bother bringing up the U.S.? There's no hope, right? See how unproductive that is. It's like, well, clearly he thinks that there's hope or else he wouldn't bring it up. And
0: you guys out there, have, you should have hope because you have value. And you are capable of doing many things. And changing your city is one thing you can do.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have a streetcar here in KC. You can get a streetcar there. I mean, look at Minneapolis. They've got a light rail network that's been built in the last 20 years. They've got a vibrant downtown community. Mm -hmm. That's change. You know, that's not completely hopeless. You know, you've got like... LA, San Francisco, all those public transit systems expanding. LA's transit might get fixed in the next 20 years if they actually commit to expanding their system. Uh, that's something that's being fixed. Cincinnati, a city much like Kansas City, has its streetcar system. That's something that's improving and being fixed. I mean, New York is New York, New Jersey is New Jersey, but just like transit systems, the Amtrak map, we might actually get like new Amtrak routes and major expansion for the first time in. However many years. I mean, I might be able to take a train uh, down to Wichita from Wichita to uh, Oklahoma City for the first time ever. And all of a sudden from Oklahoma City to Texas. That's improvement. I I would say that's not completely hopeless. Just because change doesn't happen overnight. I mean, what change has ever happened overnight? Like, good change, I mean. Like...
0: Nothing, and uh, the only way that stuff is going to get better is if you're out there and you're battling people who have nothing better to do, but uh, be losers who uh, don't want to get rid of their car, and and I'm not saying you have to get rid of your car. If you really like your car, you're allowed to keep it.
1: It's unrealistic to argue that you should sell your car tomorrow because, like, in most cities, you need it. But just do what you can to make it less necessary.
0: But the NIMBY mindset is extremely difficult to combat unless you're out there and you're showing the good things about it.
1: The easiest way to combat the NIMBY mindset, the kind of anti-transit, anti-whatever, is... Just get them on a streetcar, get them on a train. Just, I think a lot of that is just I've driven my whole life. Why? How can this be good? But what's helped a lot here in KC is we have a streetcar. People have ridden it. Oh, this isn't so bad. This is kind of nice. Oh, I kind of like not having to navigate traffic. I kind of like being on my phone. That's the number one thing. Just, you know, go on vacation to Chicago, ride the L. Oh, this isn't so bad. This is kind of nice. And get anywhere in the city and like. 20 minutes on my phone. I can have a beer. You know, it's really not that bad. Just get out more. Anyway, that
0: is a emergency early uh, Clio
1: talk episode. Emergency. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Don't be doomers. Yeah. Don't. Just don't.
0: Anyway, uh, you can follow us at, on Twitter at Clio History. You can email us at Cleo History Podcast Uh, at gmail.com you can give us a share and a like wherever you have your opportunities to uh make sure that helps us in like algorithms so like that i've been matt i've been rc and uh hopefully uh, we can get ourselves a blue sky code sometime soon for the podcast
1: twitter account as well maybe maybe question mark this is the uh anti-doomer podcast this is
0: and everything's gonna be fine you just have to put a bit of fight into it all right guys bye bye